Welcome back, cool kids of the interwebs. It is Haley again with a, another episode of Buy, Try It, or Deny It. And we are starting off with our E3 episode for 20. So first, I'm going to introduce the people that I have with me today. Um, we do have some new faces here, so it should definitely be exciting. Um, we have Mike, as usual. What's up? We have Axel. Good evening. And we have uh, Nerov. You can't see my face, but it is new. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I stated, um, it is our E3 episode, so we are going to talk about the games that are coming out for the next-gen consoles, the PlayStation 5, and the Xbox Series X, and then we're going to also talk about the consoles ourselves, but we're first going to kick it off with Axel's picks that he wants to talk about, and we are going to um, speak about Horizon. Horizon Forbidden West. I always get caught up on OI. It's going to be an action RPG. It's developed by Guerrilla Games and published by Sony. Coming out exclusive to the PS5, of course, and hopefully coming out in 2020. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> when the uh, when the trailer came out during Sony's uh, PS5 big show there a couple weeks ago, you looked at it and it was one of those instant recognition kind of things. It's like, oh yeah, oh god, this is you know, the new horizon. Yeah. And it it definitely looks like it, you know, looks like a horizon game. It doesn't look like the you know, even though they've upped the the detail and everything, they're trying to take advantage of all the horsepower with the PS5, it looks like it is still a horizon game. And that is I I think really important to kind of keep that sense of continuity i'm super excited about it uh i'm not from california i was actually more excited about uh, the original horizon uh you know than i was than i thought i would be actually uh it's kind of weird seeing places where you grew up in a video game like oh yeah but this is really kind of thrilling me because i've been to california a number of times uh for press events and whatnot and i've seen you know, been to the golden gate of been through Chinatown in San Francisco, seeing all these places and how they're going to be rendered out, it looks just amazing, and it it calls up that sense of oh yeah, this this is the world after everything has just gone completely to hell and come back. Uh, there was uh, there was some discussion earlier or on uh, some of the. You know, on some of the Reddit forums about, oh yeah, it's like, no, no, I've I've seen some of these creatures before. It's like, and I didn't quite think so. Uh, when uh, Aloy is swimming through the uh, kelp forest off of what I'm assuming is, you know, post-apocalypse Monterey, and people are saying, oh no, no, that, that that's a crocodile. It's like, no, that, uh, that that looks more like a Tylosaurus. And you know, the science nerd in me is like saying, okay, I'm seeing where they went with this. I'm seeing. I'm also seeing the the stuff that's just completely out there. Uh, when you look at the uh, at the giant turtle that uh, that came up from the water there, I don't remember ever seeing anything quite like that in a museum. So that it kind of ties back to the to Gaia's call it whimsy, I guess you'd say when she was when she was redesigning some of the robots and redesigning, okay, we're, you know, what is going to be showing up in the biosphere now, but it looks just out of this world. I'm excited to play it. I am geeking out about it. I'm, I'm definitely thinking that's going to be a, a buy situation, just kind of sight unseen. It's like, yep, 
I, I, I've been I've been on the ride before. I want to go back again. I think the most interesting thing, um, or the most interesting, the most the thing that I find most interesting. English is hard to pronounce. Um, is that they're moving us to a different side of um, the U.S., which I feel like if games get sequels, they don't really show um, the whole world. They just show part of it. So I'm very interested in seeing the rest of the U.S., like you said, like California, like that, and how they, um, and how everything is on the other half of the, I don't know. It's like really small, but it's something that you don't think about. It's like, like, for example, like The Last of Us right now, it's like they don't really get out into other areas the rest of the world look like. Um, so I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out because I would assume that there's going to be um, definitely new and different animals um, depending on the climate and where they are exactly. So that'll definitely. I would expect to see a lot of robot bears if we're out in California. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I'm from California, so I could just say there's a lot of damn bears out here. Well, they they did have uh, they did have mastodon, so it's not beyond the realm of possibility that you know you could see the the robot equivalent of cave bears, saber tooth tigers showing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one really cool thing uh, from the the trailer was that uh, I feel like they're they're leaning a lot more into a, a color, which is a weird thing to say, but like I feel like the color palette has actually become a little bit different from like the original game, like they're going for like a much more saturated and vivid look to it. And I, I think to convey like the, probably the change in climate, like, you know, the warmer areas and stuff like that. But I think that's really neat. And it just like is a very subtle way to sort of overhaul the whole feeling of playing the game and like moving you to a new place. I I can I can see that. But at the same time, there's also a part of me that wonders, okay, is that a purely a stylistic change or was that a question? You know, was that just a consequence of the horsepower? Oh yeah, that's a that's a fair that's a fair question, and like I mean, I think obviously the most noticeable thing was when they went uh, underwater and like showed like the coral reef and all the fish and everything. But and yeah, I think you could be right. That could just be part of the trailer because they want to show off the the PS5 horsepower for sure. Um, yeah, I'll be curious to see the the next trailer whenever that drops. I want to saber tooth tiger as a <laughs> like yeah ride that in the battle like come. Oh, nobody's gonna fuck with you riding a saber. How many people are you battling? Um, the whole world. Cause I'm an edgy. Uh, I'm not even sure what am I. Yeah, I was gonna say like, are you an edgy team? Damn it, no. She's bringing emo back. I'm like, I'm in my midlife (laughs) crisis. We need, we need to normalize twenty year old twenty twenty somethings being edgy. We need, we need to do this. I haven't (laughs) matured since high school, so. There we go. I think one thing that I like really want to see from this game is like, I, and I, I think the gorilla already talked about it is like a bunch of new arrow types, like with different new powers. I, and, I didn't, I didn't get a chance, or I'm guessing this was outside. Yeah, there was like a there was like an interview that a gorilla did like the day after the PS5 conference, and they talked about a lot of the details. That was also when they revealed it was going to be 2021, but. Yeah, they talked about they were going to have, like, a bunch of new weapon types, a bunch of new... Uh, they said, like, I think a, a dozen completely new creatures, and then, like, 18, like, variants of old ones or something like that. Um, so, like, yeah, and then they said they were going to have some new arrow types. I'm, I'm curious about that and, like, what else they're going to hit, because they already had, like, a pretty wide variety in the first game. Yeah, not, and not just a wide variety, but a, a useful variety. I don't think there was ever an arrow type that I didn't use at some point. I'll be honest. I never quite figured out how the frenzy thing worked. I don't think I ever did it right. Uh, that with the frenzy one, that 
it's situational. There usually has to be like a mob of of yeah. like, you know, like like the guy uh, bots basically. But but yeah, that for yeah, situations yeah. like that, you know, it's useful. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm curious to see how they innovate because like they that was like the first game and like they really obviously they obviously really nailed it. I think most people would agree. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting to see like when when they knock it out of the park the first time. Like how do they build on it? Like how much do you want to change versus like how much of the the good stuff you came up with do you want to keep in there? I I think they've definitely like I said they've kept the feel of definitely kept that feeling of. This is a, this is a whole new world, even though it's our. World. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, you know, and I'm really kind of curious to see where. They- yeah, uh, I like the little tease of, uh, of Silas there. That was like exciting because, like, I gotta say, like, honestly, one of my favorite things about the first game was like the the Marvel ass like after credits like show the villain for the next movie thing. Yeah, I I, I kind of figured that uh, I kind of figure in the in Forbidden West, Silence is gonna be. If if not the antagonist, then at the very least a pain in your ass. Yeah, because I believe Gorilla also said they wanted to do this as a trilogy. So I'm I'm just you know out of most most stories, like if I just kind of check how things go, you know, I would think that Silence is maybe the the last the the end of the trilogy, kind of like the the last guy you have to fight, really. But we'll see. I'm not sure where they're going. Yeah, yeah. Mike, do you have anything to to add about this? <laughs> Not really. Um, I never played the first one, <laughs> so well done. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you have homework, young man. Yeah, you should play it. Good. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if we got that across. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, but like um, Narav said, though, like they're adding new enemy types. So I'm wondering how they're gonna handle the um the sort of animals that you find in California, like bears and coyotes and whatnot. Well, uh. From the from the first game, a lot of animal species got wiped out. Probably a pandas, but uh, you know, all you know, the entire biosphere basically got stripped prior to you know. The, right. So, ever you know, all all animal life sequence copied and stored in a machine, and there's not necessarily any plan at about putting animal types back in their original biome because oh, okay. their yeah. original biome. Okay. Which is probably explains why we saw like an elephant at the end in Cal- in California. <laughs> you know, you know, even even you know it's a robotic mastodon. Yeah, yeah. But the the actual sea life and sea life and whatnot, the land creatures uh don't spend a lot. Yeah, okay. How often do you see foxes up in California? We have them. Uh They're, I just think the game is going to... It's going to be interesting, and especially since we're moving west. Um, and there's a lot of new animals and new versions of old ones and um, new weapons and things like that. I'm very interested to see how that all plays together um, and if this can live up to the hype that the first one received because the first game was uh, really well-liked, clearly, by some of us here. Um so that'll definitely be interesting. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming, like everyone besides Mike, is probably gonna buy it. Yeah, yeah. This is a pretty hard for me. This is like the one. I think this is like honestly the one game that I will like that will get me to buy the PS5. I'll of course play other stuff on it, but like 
I'm I'm not planning to buy a PS5 till Horizon 2 drops, and I'll probably get it with that. I would be surprised if they didn't have a bundle. Yeah, I'm hoping for a bundle. Yeah. And I, honestly, if there's like a nice ass like collector's one with like a cool design, like I may spring for that too, because like that would be very cool. Yeah, I I would absolutely spring. <laughs> cool bundles take all my money i don't need it i'm just gonna have <laughs> five versions of the same console stacked in my living room um but before we hear about Haley spending all the money that she doesn't have and taking out a loan survive we are going Ooh. to talk about is it pronounced returnal yeah fantastic uh, um it is a science fiction horror game which the trailer completely spooked me out um it's developed by house marquee and published by sony and of course it's coming out on the playstation 5 and but we don't have a release date just yet yeah that that one is very much a question mark uh when i was looking at it you know when i saw it the first time it's like uh you got the nice soft focus uh asteroid field I, part of me was thinking, okay, Fifth Element prequel or something? Um, and as it goes through, and you're seeing this, you know, you're seeing, okay, this appears to be a time loop game. Seems to be oddly popular. I mean, Outer Wild, but this seems to be a, a playoff, which also is, it's weirdly working in both a Dark Souls kind of vibe with big expansive areas, along with a got them just throwing down stupid amounts of fire okay <clears throat> uh, like i said there's there is like nothing housemark has you know they, it's not even listed on housemark's website and i found capcom they weren't you know they've at least got a, a tentative date of 2022 on it. here we've got one that's being put out on ps showcase i don't know i'm there was part of i think one thing that really struck me was Okay, we see this character. She's got heterochromia, uh, different, and this really kind of occurred to me just you know within the last day or so. It's like okay, normally heterochromia is something that you're not a mutation that you luck into by standing in the path. Um, <clears throat> but it's you know could it be that for story reason the trailer we saw was not her first loop into or was not her first entry into the time. Could it have been hundred, thousand, ten thousand, and could she have developed heterochromia because of there? There has to be some kind of significance about, but it it looks really interesting. It looks like it has polished kind of aesthetic, and it's definitely very different than some of House. All the I feel like when I was watching this trailer, one, it's spooky. Haley doesn't do spooky, but I'll do spooky for this game. And I don't know why. Like, there's something that's telling me that, like, I have to play this game. And they added a tiny, like, tiny bits of what I'm going to assume is gameplay into it. And it looks very fast-paced, very quick, very, you need to think on your toes or you're honestly going to die. So, yeah. like, that... I'm very interested in, and she also says that the world keeps changing, so I'm also very curious to um, see how this world changes, why she's even doing this in the first place. Like, how did she end up there? Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking that it, you know, there's going to be an explanation for got stuck in this loop in the first place. As far as the world changing, I'm curious to see how they trailer, you know, the funny thing with the trailer is that you can 
give the impression that it's doing these radical changes, creepy dark forest, barren, red-skied hellscape, and it may be more subtle than maybe the way they handled tendency more subtle. I am kind of cur- I am very curious. I was uh I was really interested because of the the tone that the like trailer set at the beginning felt more like a it was going to be sort of a survival horror situation and then like they started showing bits of the gameplay and it's like almost like the, I almost have to say it's like an arcadey kind of shooter you know it seems like which was like really interesting to me and I I'm like that that actually kind of caught my attention a lot more I feel like if it had been just like Resident Evil like running and like hiding and then like you know something is like hunting you or whatever like i probably would have lost interest but uh the fact that you're like confronting these these creatures like head on with like all these different kinds of crazy laser weapons is like really interesting to me yeah Yeah. oh go ahead yeah it it, the you know that bullet hell aspect kind of goes back to some of their earlier games present we are seeing these giant creatures just pouring out massive amounts of firepower, same person survive, and so yeah, that that was something that caught my. Are they going to pull this off? Dodge. Yeah, I am. I am a little worried about the like having like literally no sort of release date on that. Like, this has been like it could be like a 2022 thing also, um, and it it does look very technically impressive. I could see why they'd want to show it off of their at their console reveal, but I feel like the. PlayStation 5 is going to be one of those ones where we're going to start getting some really good single-player games. Especially, like, something like this. Like, hopefully it comes out sooner rather than later, but it's definitely a game that will be on my radar uh, regardless of when it comes out. It can come out in 80 years sitting here waiting for it. <laughs> sure. Hopefully a little sooner than Cyberpunk 2077 yeah. came out, will be coming out. <laughs> yeah, allegedly coming out. Yeah, <laughs> and they keep delaying that shit. Well, yeah, but yeah, on the other hand, when they when they delay a game, when it finally does come out, it's worth it. So I'm not yeah. terribly scared. Oh, no, no. I'm, After, I'm, like... I was going to say, I'd rather have a game delayed and it turns out better than to release it right away and it's complete shit. Yeah, like the just after the state The Witcher Three released in, just like technically, like I would love for them to sort of take their time, so like I can physically run the game the day it comes out. <laughs> Looking at you, Ubisoft, because we know how you are. Yeah, used to be, but still, <laughs> well, there we go. Still is, <laughs> definitely still is in some cases. Yeah, some of them like uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, like when it first dropped, was like a nightmare. They did patch it eventually, and it, it runs like butter now. But like on, on PC, it was just like a nightmare. And Odyssey still like is horribly optimized for for PC. Yeah, and even on consoles, uh, you've got stuff with like the Division Two where they'll put out an update, you know, just a basic update. It's not you know not even a major content patch. They'll just put out an update and they'll break half the systems in the games. Uh, yep. So. Yeah. Well. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say, like, uh, hopefully that's like gonna be part of like Ubisoft's big like rebranding uh, this year, where they're like reworking all their internal, <coughs> systems, like how they're gonna manage their games and and all that. So. Um, we probably still won't break on day one. <laughs> yeah, I, I have so I have high hopes. They've put out some really good good stuff, for, you know, in the last few years. So. 
we love Ubisoft here. At least we pretend to. But before we segue <sighs> into that game, uh, who, who's buying or trying or absolutely denying Returnal? Uh, Returnal will be a try it for me. Um, I like the way it looks. It's kind of that mix, like, you know, I said the bullet hell with some survival horror aspects in there. And that's, you know, right up my alley. I'm, I'm also in, in the try it camp. Uh, it, you know, it, I like the visuals and that's definitely holding my interest. I suck at souls born type games. So that may, that may be an impediment. I also suck at bullet hell games, so that yeah. may, may also be in that. <laughs> sure, but I will. De- but I will definitely give it a try. I'm hoping they will at least be smart enough to put out like a trail or put out a demo of some sort to give people an idea of what they're going to be getting. Yeah. Before the final, before the final release. Yeah, this is a like this is a hard try for me. Like it, it definitely looks interesting, but I'm also terrible at bullet hell, and I don't like it. Um, so, I mean, if that's, if the whole game is like that, it may be more of a, like, oh, let me, like, watch a Let's Play of this and see what the story is kind of situation, but we'll see. If it isn't super scary, I'll maybe try it only in the daytime between the hours of, like, noon and, like, 2 p.m. Uh, during the fasting, yeah. Yes, when the sun is at its highest. Okay. So, I, the monsters can't get me in the daytime, everyone knows that, it's a rule, no. But I think it's it's definitely interesting. Um, I'm extremely curious about it. And I do, like everyone has said, I do think something comes out eventually. Like, they give us um, so I could get a better grasp and understanding of what they mm-hmm. But using our Ubisoft segue from earlier, we're going to talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Woo! I'm so excited. I love Assassin's Creed. Hello. It's me. Anyway, as an action RPG... Uh, developed and published by uh, Ubisoft Montreal and Ubisoft. It's coming out on basically everything besides mobile. Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PS5, PS4, and PC sometime, probably holiday. Uh, oh, holiday this year. Surprise me with that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big Assassin's Creed fangirl. I absolutely love Assassin's Creed. I got into Assassin's um in college because somebody that a friend of a friend owned it so i basically camped up and played every game um i really like vikings and this sort of era that they're in i played origins and when i was younger super into uh egyptian mythology and i played that but to me it didn't really scream assassin's creed but looking at this i'm like damn I want to be a big, thick Viking lady that chops down people with an axe. And it still doesn't necessarily scream Assassin's Creed to me. But I'm very curious to see how they tie, um, you know, the rise of the Assassins and the Templars and all that fun stuff um, into this time period and where it really goes and fits the Assassin. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how they tie the whole Viking, like, their beliefs of what Valhalla was into, you know, the... um the creed and against like um haven't played Assassin's Creed in a while. I don't even remember the companies. The, the uh, uh, Abstergo is Abstergo yeah. and yeah. uh and the and how the Isu get portrayed and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I for me I kind of I there's part of me that's wondering, okay, is is Odin really basically just a an Isu or basically a hat that somebody you know that one Isu puts on and 
and says, okay, today I'm Odin. Tomorrow I'm going to be Zeus. Tomorrow I'm going to be Quetzalcoatl. That's a fun one. Uh, so just for like quick reference, uh, I remember I read another uh, an, an interview with the uh, the director, or I guess former director now, of uh, Valhalla, and he was saying that like they had designed the the game to be a lot more uh, grounded than Odyssey was. Like they they want this to feel like it could be like real, and as such, there won't be any sort of Norse legends you'll be encountering. Like the the gods will uh, play a role in the story in so much that they uh, they influence the actions of humans on Earth. But you're you're not going to be like this. This isn't going to be God of War. So you're not going to be wandering through the nine realms. You're yeah. No, it's yeah. just the one. Just this one. What's it? Midgar. Midgard. This one yeah. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I I think that's interesting though because in in Origin and in Odyssey, I'm pretty sure they had some parts with the gods in them, even if they were DLC. Quote. Yeah, they wrong. did. Okay, so the no the the. <laughs> It, they kind of just were like, "Oh, look, look we're going to skate around this." Uh, so in those games, they weren't they weren't part of the DLC. They were just kind of like, I guess, events more than anything. But uh, or in in Odyssey, it was part of the DLC. But so for Origins, for instance, like you did get to fight like Sobek and like Set and like a bunch of other uh, Egyptian deities. But all of those were like quote unquote like glitches in the Animus, and it was like, "Oh, we're being hacked." And you know they they were just like trying to like come up with some excuse to get the cool Egyptian gods in there, which I'm glad they did. Like the Sobek boss fight in Origins was like super cool, but yeah, Odyssey's uh, Fate of Atlantis DLC was like entirely in the mythological world. Like nobody was even like kind of trying to lampshade it anymore. So it is interesting that they're like really pulling back on that. I wonder. I mean, like their their mythology and their gods still definitely play a role. Um, but I feel like, like you said, like they're trying to make it more grounded and I, I'm very curious to see how that plays out because I kind of like when they sprinkle the gods in there because I think it makes it interesting. Um, so I'm just, I don't know. I'm curious if they make it a DLC, I'll be happy with the DLC because then I can like see if I actually like it or not. But like, I'm hoping that they put some there to make it very yeah, I think there'll be, like, supernatural elements, but uh, I think they're, I don't know, I think, I'll be I'll be honest with you, I think the real reason they're deviating so hard from it is because they are trying so hard to not be compared to God of War. Yeah, and, I, and I can understand why, they, why they're trying to avoid it, but, right. but at the same time, you know, God of War, yeah, it was, it was definitely set in, you know, the, in the Norse mythos. But at the same time, it's you know you, you're you've got Kratos being almost one man Ragnarok in that case, and that's they I think that they could do something different if they wanted to try. It. But at the same time, they could also decide to I won't say humanize. I I will say maybe scale down the myth to what might have been a realistic event. So you know you could have some you know <clears throat> some sort of rival chieftain who is demanding a bride from your particular settlement and somebody says hey <laughs> uh yeah I, we got a great idea uh you're going to hate it but <laughs> you you know you, you could dress up as the bride and just wear a veil and you know not say anything 
and then when the moment comes, you know, you can assassinate your would-be groom. Uh, yeah, uh, no, that that was a that was a myth, or that was one of the uh, the Norse myths. Uh, Thor basically dressed in drag and wearing a veil to uh, to fool a a frost giant who had demanded a uh, one of the one of the Esser as a bride. It's like, no, no, we're not going to give you we're not going to give you an you know one of our one of our people is a goddess. But and then Loki said, hey, you know. Let's have a little fun with this. You know, we, let's let's play a prank. It'll be fun. Yeah. And yeah, and, and it was fun. You know, right right up to the you know the brutal murdering of the, of the frost giants. But you know, that's kind of that's Viking mythology. It's yeah, you know, it's a lot of heavy drinking. It's big battles. It's incredibly elaborate practical jokes that usually lead to either more drinking or more battles. Uh, I would, if I was going to say, if there was one thing I would want to see, I would want to see if they're going to be uh, doing anything relating to uh, Crakey. That's uh, Rolf Crakey. Uh, he was a a, a semi mythological hero. Uh, there's there's not necessarily any evidence he existed, but there's not any evidence he didn't exist. Uh, he's probably the most human scale Viking hero. That you are going to find in any of the sagas, although yeah, it it gets into some serious Game of Thrones level weirdness towards the end. But if they're if they can bring that forward, or if they can tap into that vein, where okay, there's some weird stuff. It's super, you know, it's kind of supernatural, but it's happening. I th- think that it could be a really interesting game. Yeah, and if they are staying grounded, because um, I know they're also going to be doing Beowulf, so to me, that's kind of like how grounded are they going to get? Because Beowulf had some crazy shit in it, you know? Oh, yeah. and Absolutely. Yeah, like there's a dragon in that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like... Yes, dragon! So it's kind of making me wonder just how grounded they're going to be, because they're, uh, um, you know, they're saying they're going to be grounded, but then they're going to have these myths... That word grounded is... includes dragons, Mike. Don't you understand this? <laughs> <laughs> like, so come it, on, just, everyone know, knows. Makes, makes me wonder how contained they're gonna try to be, especially because North mythology is just way out there. My thing is, is will they include that in the actual main game though, or is that going to be some sort of DLC? Because if they run wild in the DLC, I'm 100% all for it. But if you're going to say you're going to be grounded and then add dragons, well then, I'm going to stop you there, son, because that's not grounded. That's dragons. Dragons ain't real. Yeah, them's is dragons. Them's is dragons. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're not going to include, like, all the gods, but you're going to include dragons? Mmm, the rethinks. Go but, home, Ubisoft. You've drunk too much mead. Hey, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but, talking about mythology... Uh, we're going to roll into um, Godfall. I literally have it like oh. in the title. Uh, it's an action RPG. Its uh, developer is Counterplay Games, and it's published by Gearbox Publishing. It's coming out on uh, the PlayStation Five and PC, and that is coming out this holiday season as well. Um, I am not normally one to play games like this, but I was just like, yes, mythology, cool beasts, looks pretty. Let's do it. I, 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 
I like hack and slash games. It's kind of, sort of, not really like that. But if I can just sit there and spam the X button all day and kill stuff, I'm happy. Um, I, I, I gotta be honest, like, I think this is probably my, like, least hype game of the whole PS5 reveal. But that that's not new with this trailer. I don't think I was ever going to be interested in it. Yeah, hey, I'm in the same camp as you, man. So it, there, there was a lot of hacking and slashing, but there was damn all that said you want to play this game. There was nothing to visually. It looks beautiful. It's clear that they're stuff with yeah. the Unreal Engine. Yeah. But <clears throat> the the vibe I'm getting from it is like. Uh, like Dauntless, I think was probably the closest thing I can think of, and I played that game for like thirty minutes and would just could not be less interested. <laughs> I feel like it's it's definitely something that I'm geared because it is pretty, and because it definitely to me has sort of like a mythological look to it. Um, definitely within the gear sets as well. Um, I'm curious what more there is to it because i haven't heard a lot about this game so for it to be coming out at the end of this year and know so little about it i'm just like okay so um what type of game is this going to actually be like is this just going to be a game with a story to it is it going to be like an online service um how is it exactly going to work so i'm curious to see how long I actually, and if it <laughs> keeps my interest, um, but also what fucking type of game it is. Do we, totally... do we do we know the do we know the pricing on this? Is this a sixty dollar boy or is this free to play? Listen, <laughs> uh, as far as I can tell, going to be you know priced as a regular uh, because it is published by Gearbox. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. One, one, one could one could make the uh, the not unreasonable assumption that it's basically Borderlands with big gnarly swords. Sure, I think it's a little more even. Uh, I would say like, well, Borderlands is definitely like has a focus on multiplayer. I, w- I I don't know. This this strikes me as more of like a Destiny where it's like dependent on multiplayer. I I didn't get the impression there is any single player content to this. When in the trailer, it doesn't really look like you're playing as a group. So I thought that it was a player. But... Oh really? I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm looking at the trailer right now, and it does show a lot of more single-player aspects. Oh, really? Okay. But, like, I'm still curious. Like, again, we don't know a lot about the game, so will there be multiplayer? Like, can I play with my friends and just kill this? Like, is, what is the point of this game that they came out with, people? I don't know. It, it, okay, it is play. It is, uh, it is, there's, you can play single-player, uh, two players, or three players. But it's it's all the same game basically. So you, it's like kind of drop in co op is what I see. Okay, I was which is, makes sense for Gearbox. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's Gearbox, so I was assuming it was going to be multiplayer. But still, this game is an absolute mystery. We'll see if it's any good. Holiday season. Um, uh, you guys might not pick it up, but I plan on picking it up. So I'll let you know how shit. <laughs> let cool. me waste my money so you don't have I was to. Gonna say, yeah, you, you <laughs> you're, can. You're you're taking one for the team, Haley. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. it. You're welcome. See my review in God knows when this game will actually come out. It says holiday 2020, but it's, we've this been is wrong this is going to be a this, this I I feel like even though I know this isn't Sony, I feel like they want this to be a launch title for them cuz like you pick up you you go you go pick up your PS5, you pick up your Spider-Man, you go home and uh, <laughs> at the end of the weekend you're done and then you say time for Godfall. 
<laughs> Nobody's actually going to say that, because but I'm bored. yep, you know, <laughs> it's gonna be that game you play on the weekends when all your friends are out doing actual things, and you're just like, "Wow, I don't have any friends." But okay, back to being stuck in a loop. We are now going to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> We're going to talk was about... Was that anything? What? Uh, sorry, and never mind. That was a very good transition. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> I try. Actually, I, I just caught on to what you said. I didn't... But, now being stuck in the loop because I can't stop talking. Uh, we're going to talk about Deathloop. Super interesting. It's an action-adventure. It's developed by Arcane Studios and published by Bethesda Software, or Softworks. Um, it's coming out on, of course, PlayStation and PC and holiday 2020 again how all the gift christmas money i'm gonna get is honestly go right to yes yeah pretty much yeah Aww. uh so okay so if anyone's like not aware um about Deathloop, so i first of all i'm a big old arcane studios stan they are my favorite developer by a long shot i think they're the most talented people on earth um i'm i'm even in the private uh discord for the arcane club so if that tells you anything about my excitement for this game. Um, if y'all don't know, they are the developers of the Dishonored series and uh, Prey 2017, as well as a few older games. Like, uh, they did actually did Bioshock 2, and uh, they did uh, Arx Fatalis a long time ago, Dark, my, a Dark Messiah of Might and Magic. Um, they recently had a, a documentary kind of featuring a lot of their... Turns out they've had a lot of games they, they worked on a long time and then got canceled, uh, such as a Half-Life game. They were actually working on a Half-Life uh, 2 Episode 4. Uh, hilariously, Valve actually scheduled a, an Episode 3 and 4 for Half-Life 2 and canceled them both halfway through development. But uh, regardless, Deathloop itself is kind of like what I see as like a culmination of, of all of Arcane's previous projects. Like You can see pieces of everything that they've done in here. Basically, the situation is that you're playing as this guy named Colt. You're trapped on this island, which has got this cool like 70s uh, 60s, 70s, like kind of disco aesthetic to it. It's, but it's an island that you can't escape. Uh, you're trapped in a time loop. We're back on time loops again. Time loops are very hot right now, and they've always been, and they always will be. Um, so you're trying to get out of this place, and uh, the only way out is basically across this giant island. There are scattered these eight assassination targets, and it's basically your job to figure out how this world works, learn all the movements of all the people across this island during the day, know where everyone's going to be at what time, doing what, who they're friends with, how they know each other, who's allied with who, and work your way to figuring a way out to kill all eight of them before 24 hours are up. And that's the only way you can escape the, uh, escape the island and, and sort of like win the game. The problem with that is that there is a rival assassin, Juliana, uh, who is working for the people of this island, attempting to assassinate you the entire time you're doing this. And the kicker is that Juliana is a real person. It is not an AI. It is not a computer. Um, the 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 crazy thing about this game, which plays it, uh, 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 the gameplay, I think I would describe best as Dishonored with guns. Um, it is you've got you've got your guns in one hand and you've got your magic spells in the other hand. Um, cl classic arcane first person uh, action. But the the coolest thing about this is that uh, Juliana like I said, is going to be basically a player invading your game. And so uh, this is actually a mechanic from Arcane's scrapped game called The Crossing a long time ago, where all the NPCs in your single-player campaign were uh, real people. 
Um, but this is like it's they're calling it an invasion mechanic. So basically, if you wanna you wanna work on your campaign, sure you go you play your campaign. But if you want to invade somebody else's game, you jump in the invasion lobby. Next time an opportunity arises, you get thrown into somebody else's game as as Juliana, and it's your job to assassinate them and stop whatever plans they have in motion. And so Juliana is never going to do the same thing twice because she is completely unpredictable because she's a different person each time. Anyway, sorry I ranted about that. I'm I'm so excited. No, no, no. Yeah, man, I understand. That like answered all the questions that I think I had about this game. Oh, great! All right. <laughs> all right, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, no, no, it's it's very cool. But like, yeah, you can see that, and then like the whole time loop thing from a uh, praise DLC Moon Crash, which I personally will will vouch for is the best DLC of anything ever made. Uh, and uh, all of the stuff like the gameplay from Dishonored, of course, you have like the stealthing. But like the main thing that Arcane's known for is that anytime you come across any kind of obstacle whether it's like an enemy or like a, a door or like an alarm or a gate or a window, there's 12 ways around it at the very least. Like they, they, they want you to get thrown into the sandbox, this huge Island with this set of powers that you're going to be able to upgrade, like as the day moves on and figure out the best loadout for your play style each time it loops around again and try out so many different ways to do this. They don't want, they don't know how you're going to do it. They, they've given you a set of tools for this big sandbox and have said, figure it out much the same way that Dishonored is done. So like really, really, uh, we don't, we just don't like have a lot of games like that. And it is my favorite type of game by a long shot. So anyway, I'm, I'm taking up a lot of time. What are your guys thoughts? Uh, when I saw it, I actually thought a very colorful Bioshock with a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And that is a good thing to me. Um, yeah. Like- I mean, there's definitely some some Bioshock in there because I mean, one Arcane actually made Bioshock too, but like yeah. on, on top of that, they also uh, their the game Prey in 2017 was like heavily inspired by Bioshock, like heavily. Yeah, um, it was actually it was actually in development. It was actually being called Psychoshock. Bioshock in space. Yeah, it is literally Bioshock. If anyone hasn't played it, it's literally Bioshock in space. Oh, we love Bioshock on this podcast. Everything about <laughs> yes, it. we do. Yes, I'm I, a I'm a big fan. I guess my only question is, uh, how long is there like a set? I know like you're supposed to do it within 24 hours, but how long is it actually like each set going to last? I think. That's- oh, within the game, I I have no idea. I don't know that they've talked about that yet. Um, that is that is interesting though. Like basically, you like wake up and I don't know how you have it like X amount of time, and if you just you flub it and you get killed, like you're just starting over. I think a really cool feature though is that like your loadout does reset each time and so like it does kind of force you to like keep innovating and like be resourceful with whatever you can manage to find on the different avenues you take. Um but yeah, like I I don't know. I am curious because I I'm wondering is it like okay, this is like every like hour it resets or something like that of real time or is it like uh more like 3 hours or something or is it like 20 minutes, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I, that's the only thing I'm curious about, and also just how this is going to go, because obviously if the other assassin that's after you um, is an actual person, this is going to be an online game, or um, possibly multiplayer? It's, um, I mean, I guess you could call it multiplayer, but it's, it is an, it is online. They They said it will work offline. There is an AI that can do stuff, but they heavily recommend that you stay online to play the game the way it's intended to go. 
I feel like online would definitely be the best way to experience this. Um, just because com you can only go so far with computers, but playing this online would definitely a, a whole. I feel like that would just that's gonna be crazy. Yeah, the thing is, like, you can never get too comfortable with what you know about the world because you have no idea where Juliana is or like who or what how she's gonna act, like what her play style is gonna be this time because she's got all the same powers as you do. I I think that's actually probably the the one thing that's unequivocally keeping me from just outright saying bye. And there was a, a similar mechanic where people could drop in Watchdog, and I hated that. I, I hated that particular mechanic. I hated somebody would just jump in and decide, oh, hey, I'm going to rob you because, haha, lol. And it, I can understand trying to figure out how you know, how the clock works, how all the gears move. That element of predictability is understandable. But at the same time, there's always the possibility that somebody is going to come in and just absolutely screw everything up for you in the right. worst possible way. And there's definitely, well, and it, 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 there's a question of, okay, how, at what point does this challenge suddenly become yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I would also argue, I mean, that's the point of the entire exercise is that this person is is that is their job expressly to come in there and fuck up your plans as badly as they can. And that I mean, that's that's the game, you know, and, and of course, like I said, you can play it with an AI where you have like a, you know, an offline like a, a bot uh, doing all that stuff. Um, and I, I've, I've learned I've heard that there's some unpredictability to the bot as well, like it, it changes what it does each time. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I, I don't know, like, I, I guess that's kind of the point, though. Like, you are supposed to feel scared and mad that it's messing up your plans. Yeah, I was going to say, that happened in the Souls series, and it upset me very, very much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay, Souls is a little different, because they, they, you don't know whether to trust these people or not, right? Yeah. You're, you're like, okay, maybe they're here to help me. Maybe this is the one person that's telling me the truth about the <laughs> chest over there. <laughs> and then they stab uh -huh. me in the neck. <laughs> I, mean, I definitely have to agree though because it's like you you have your mission of trying to kill these other people and uh, the other assassin like it's their job to kill you that's all they're doing mm -hmm. that is their set goal um i i would hope that julie the second character is named juliana right yeah or i think people i think she just goes by jules but yeah so i guess my only hope would be that she doesn't have the ability to kill the people that you're going to kill because then i feel well, like it's, that doesn't it's make her any it's sense. her job well she's hired by those people okay, it's her job to okay. keep them alive got it then yeah this game is going to rock except i'm not going to play it cuz i'm a little bitch so oh <laughs> <laughs> I, there I, we go i think i think the only thing that i would like to see and maybe kind of selfish but if you're you know, instead of, or in in addition to having just random people screw it, you know, have it set up for like a friends only. So. Oh yeah, that, I'd, I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'd be very fun. Actually, it's a good idea. Yeah, you know, keep it restricted to people that you know and may quite up to your caliber. Yeah, I mean that could be such an interesting concept on its own of just like you know jumping on like with like in a party like with your friend and saying like okay I'm I'm about to go and like you start your you know campaign mode and they invade your game and it's basically the two of you like 
racing to try to to find and kill each other like you know while talking to each other on on the you know on, on whatever on you know your chat whatever like oh i found you you're like in the i know you're in the bell tower i'm gonna blow it up or whatever <laughs> yeah and and the head games are are definitely or the potential for head games is great it's like yeah I, i'm i'm looking at this church it's kind of big and white really pretty and you know, <laughs> your, your, your buddy is standing in front of the church saying are you where are you and yeah, yeah. And, and and you've got the crosshairs lined right over. Yeah, I think that'd be a very welcome addition. I don't think anyone would be mad about that. You would assume that, or at least I would assume that games like this would already have that implemented. So it's just you can only play with your. But maybe that's just me wishful thinking. You know what happens when you assume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am going to start assuming that something's happening in Tokyo because Mike wants to talk okay. about Ghostwire Tokyo because he loves anime. Though this doesn't really have anything to do with anime. But anyway, it's an that's action. Next... Oh, that's my next game. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. That's my next game. Don't go get ahead of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> are you kidding? Okay. So we are talking about anime today. There we go. This this trailer was three minutes of some guy doing Naruto jutsu. <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah that is true before um, we get wait let's before we get to that one let's talk about ghostwire tokyo because that one was also oh no that's pretty... the naruto jutsu one oh that's okay i thought that was yeah, the other uh, one yeah <laughs> no that one's that one's okay we'll get to it we'll get okay to it. we'll get there we'll get but <laughs> here we go it's a uh, action adventure horror first person um its developer is tango gameworks and bethesda softworks Coming out, of course, PlayStation, uh, PC. Apparently, nobody likes Xbox. Nothing's coming out on it. And that's correct. <laughs> I figured, and it's coming out in 2021, so it's a ways away. But we got this trailer. Mike, take it away. Yeah, when when they first showed this off last year, I thought it was just going to be straight horror, especially considering it's being done by Shinji Mikami, who did the first Resident Evil. He did Resident Evil Four. He did The Evil Within. And then they showed gameplay recently, and like Narav said, this is just fucking Naruto in a horror game. Like, like it looks so crazy, and at the same time, it looks so cool. Um, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Shinji Mikami, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with a more action-oriented game put in a horror, um, you know, setting. Yeah, am I am I the only one who was like very very surprised to find this was first person? Yes. Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, completely. I, I I was a little surprised. I I expected I kind of expected it to be third person, but it was like you know I kind of raised an eyebrow and say, huh, all right, well <laughs> you know, okay, so we're 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 doing the uh, the first person uh, undying in uh, in Japan thing. All right. I can roll with it. <laughs> Yeah, like I think the first per- the first trailer last year also kind of gave me vibes of like, oh, this is like you know like running off of his you know experience with Resident Evil and um uh, the Evil Within. Like I was thinking like, okay, this is going to be like a third person like survival horror. There's going to be some sneaking, some crafting, maybe finding things around the house or whatever. You know, maybe wandering around Tokyo, but you know, but with with classic Japanese demons and, and instead of like zombies, right? That was kind of my impression of it, and they like really, really, I think, uh, turned that uh, that impression around with this trailer. Yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, maybe this will be the Silent Hill we've been waiting for," <laughs> you know. And then they showed it earlier this year, and I was like, it "Should maybe this is what Silent Hill should be doing?" Yeah, that's fair. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I am uh, I'm curious specifically about this project because I'm sure everybody remembers from E3 last year. Uh, the pre the former director of this game was the is Ikumi Nakamura, the excited Japanese lady. Um, and uh, shortly after E3 last year, she left the project like due to creative differences. And I'm I'm curious if this is like a result of her leaving or like more of the reason she left. Yeah. Because I, I don't believe that the game that she had in mind a year ago is the one we're going to be getting. And I'm curious about, like, what order that those things happened in. I'm also very curious to know, like, what she intended. Yeah. How much it really changed. Because while I was watching this, I was like, damn, like, this looks cool. But this isn't a game I'd pay full price for. How dare you? I, I just, I... I can't. Like, I, like, I'm, one, I'm not a big first person fan. Um, I, I just don't like games in first person. I like being able to see behind me. I, I understand my boyfriend makes fun of me all the time. Haley, you can't actually see behind you in the real world. But I have ears and that counts. But I don't like- That's it... what the 3D audio is for on the PS5. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> Great segue. We'll talk about that later. But I, I don't know. Like, it doesn't really look good. I didn't think it looked will... very good. I didn't think that this was a game that would be coming out on the PS5. I thought this would maybe be like a PS4 game. And it's just you kind of running around killing ghosts and shit. Like, I don't... Like, the way that they they have built it into... Um, I'm assuming uh, the, the Japanese lore and mythos um, could potentially be really cool. But... This game did not grab me in any sort of way. I'm, uh, I'm very, like, I don't know, like, I think that when I thought this was going to be more of a Resident Evil, I was maybe more, um, more, like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this. I'm feeling, like, less certain now, but I'm also much more intrigued. (laughs) Like, how does this, like, action, because, like, they showed, like, two minutes of, like, straight action. There was no story breaking up the, that, the gameplay or anything, you know, like, we don't know what this is about other than like a bunch of people like disappeared off of the earth and demons are here, you know? Uh how much of this is like story based and how much of it is literally just like an arcade thing almost of like, you know, flicking spells here and there and like dodging and, and punching. Uh. I mean, there's a lot of um I feel like Japanese the Japanese are definitely known for their horror. So I'm very curious to know like if they put any well-known horror ghosts into this, because I think that would definitely be really cool to see an. Ex- yeah, I think uh, all the enemies are based off of like traditional. Yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. I even saw my favorite one, which is the when uh, the you know a bride dies right before her wedding, and she comes back with no face and a hole and a giant mouth with sharp teeth. Yeah, yeah. I just saw that one. I'm watching the trailer yeah. right now. Very good. Um... Also, the guy on the bike. Who is the guy on the bike who are uh, you sir because we'll he helps out. you he helps you he like grabs you and swings you onto his bike and then you guys scoot away like you're in love in this ghost tokyo like love and ghost tokyo there we go that's the next thing it's a sequel yeah. right it right now yeah, it's a sequel. instead yeah, of ghosts be. it's it's love ghost this time there love, we go. Ghost. love ghost okay sounds like sounds like a bad porno um... uh, <laughs> you know me yeah no. Or a very good one. <laughs> I I mean, either way. But, I, I don't know. I, we already know Mike's gonna buy this. This is number one on his list. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm pre-ordering this shit already. He's doing it right now. <laughs> I, this is a this is a very hard try, but like I'm 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 very much on the. If th- this is one of those games that if it comes out and day one there's like a bunch of positive res- reviews for it, like I'm definitely getting that day one. But yeah, uh, no, I think it looks neat. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm 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 really curious about what it is and like if they find a way to blend these this like seemingly very disparate like tone of the of the of the game with the actual like gameplay of it. Like I'll be very impressed. Yeah, I'm waiting to see um, because you know it is being built as survival horror. Oh, is it? Uh, they're like they're like selling it as that. Not survival horror, but just horror altogether. So I'm really wondering if it's going to be, you know, all this action. How is the horror going to play out? You know? Yeah, there's. I mean, action horror is not a not a well tread genre. Quite honestly, yeah. like I'm trying to think of anything I could name off the top of my head, and I'm blanking. Like like the closest thing I could think of was like Resident Evil Four. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that, that like Resident Evil is like as close I think as you can get to like an action game. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's still I, I don't know. Um, let, I think it's just like the the typical thought is like, oh, if the if I can fight the demons, they're not that scary. Is the idea uh, for the player? But uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll find a way around it. I'm I'm just I think we'll have to see a lot a lot more on this one before people make up their mind about it. Speaking yeah. of fighting demons, which is something I'm not good at because I don't like horror games, we're going to do some more anime fighting in Scarlet Nexus. Oh, God, yeah. I should be the queen of segues. I'm killing it right now. Um, it's an action RPG. Oh. <laughs> it's developed and published by Bandai Namco Studios. And finally, the Xbox is actually getting a release. Of Whoa! Coming- <laughs> I know! <laughs> It's coming out of the Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PS5, PS4, and PC, but we don't have a release date just yet. Um, Side note, I'm also very... I guess we can talk about this a little bit later, but a lot of these aren't coming out on the old generation, which I'm very surprised about, but I'll let Mike talk about this one. Well, yeah, you you don't want to play anything on the old generation because you want everybody to go buy your new system, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, uh, Scarlet Nexus. Uh, I love anime. I like games with you know anime style uh, artwork and everything. You know, I love the Blaze Blue series. I love um, I love Code Vein. Uh, so when I saw this, I was like, oh man, this is this is Devil May Cry with even more of an anime sheen to it. You know, and a little bit of um, different power ups. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know if anyone else felt this, or maybe if they didn't spend as much time with the game, but like. This basically just like struck me as like, oh, this is astral change for people who don't have a switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Astral chain was amazing. It is so good. It it's is so underrated. So great. Like that ending made me cry. I didn't think I'd love it as much as I did, but I loved it. And I haven't replayed it, and that makes me very sad. But I definitely need to replay it because holy shit. Except I wasn't the biggest fan of the controls for your thingy. Your Legion? Yeah, I wasn't the biggest yeah. fan of those controls. But still, uh, the combos. I, I was huh. so impressed. Like, it was... Okay, uh, This I know this isn't about Astral Chain, but, like, I just have to say, like, that, that game has the most innovative action of, like, the last decade in video games. Like, the fact that, like, no one else has thought of anything remotely like this and they made it work so well is just, like, astounding to me. I... Okay, so I didn't actually finish the whole trailer for Scarlet Nexus, but I am now. What? And listen! You had one job! Actually, I have two. 
<laughs> it's also hosting this podcast, and I'm uh. doing that. So I did at least half of my job. But, yes, <laughs> I will definitely be buying this game. Oh, my Jesus. That's yeah, I, 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 I don't. Yeah, I don't know that there's a lot else to to say because we really just got like a short look at it. Was this at the Was this at the Xbox event like a little while ago? Was they showed this? Um, I think I, I want to say that's. Event. Yeah, I want to say that's right. Um, the the creature design really intrigues me. I think these were like plant zombie looking people almost, but like also metallic. And I was like, this is this is new. Uh, this is this is a new sort of thing. I I'm in. The others, that is what they are called. Yeah. Like, the world is definitely interesting, so I'm very curious to know what the hell is actually going on. Um, I fucking love this art style. I just do. Yeah. I I do. I think, like, this is Astral Chain, but with a different color palette and (laughs) without your Legion. But with, like, doper weapons, too. Like, he just, his sword, his sword (laughs) went out of his hand and swung around and he just moved his hand. What is this? I I very genuinely, until they showed, like, the the, uh, Bandai Namco, like, logo at the end, I was like, oh, this is platinum, 100%. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, Because this looks like it's taking influence from Bayonetta and Devil May Cry. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I totally agree, but I think that's great. I think they really sold it on that and was like, "Hey, you like those games? Like, this is another one of those. We we can do it too." And <laughs> I'm I don't know. I'm I'm pretty psyched for it. I know we don't know a lot about it, but like that was probably the one that actually caught my attention the most at the Xbox show. The sword moves on yeah. its own, so that's all I gotta. That that's it. That's all. That's all I wanted in my life was a sword that could you know, kill things by itself. There's a lot of other games for that. Where the um, sword can kill things. But but not like Astral Chain, so duh. Yeah. I'm what's that what's that sword. show? What's that anime with the sword? Is that Soul Caliber? There's a few. You're <laughs> asking the wrong person. There's a few. You gotta be a little That's more fair. specific. That's fair. That's fair. Um I'm also a big old weed, so I'm excited. Yes, so am I. That's as soon as I saw the art style, I was like, okay. "Yeah, take my money." Actually, I don't know if I I am because I think weebs are supposed to be uh, white, but well, I don't know. Oh, I, I guess I can't be a weeb either. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that there's a name for it. Yeah, so hopefully there'll be some waifu fodder in this game. Yeah, it's looks just fun. Gonna be a super cute anime girl. That's your nemesis, and then you're gonna fall in love with her at the end. You guys are gonna. Yeah, I would. I'd be down for that. Yes. That makes me very happy. If that actually happens, <laughs> I need to coin that like right now so I get paid on it. But yeah, you I also don't, heard I don't it think here first. There's there's never been an anime where like the the love interest is like the bad guy and they have to fight and they fall in love at the end. Actually, actually, they don't fight. But there is an anime where there's like. These two high schoolers that are super in love with each other, but also like Whoa, I've never hate heard of that each one. other. So <laughs> that's like every anime ever, isn't it? I know. <laughs> My boyfriend's watching it. I don't know what it's called, is but it, it's ridiculous. What is it? Which one is it? Was it Nisukor? Is it Toradora? That's the no, best I don't think it is. Mobile Suit Gundam, the 8th MS team? I don't think it's Gundam. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> it's a possibility. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so we're not making this podcast super long and stretching it out. Um, Axel, do you have anything to talk about for Scarlet? Uh, no, for, uh, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I, I missed a lot of the discussion on Scarlet Nexus. I from I'm I'm looking at the at the website or was looking at the website for it, and there there wasn't a whole lot that just jumped right out at me and said, "Oh yeah, hey, we got you know this is a, a must play kind of thing." Uh, it reminds me very much of Code Vein, uh, which I didn't get a chance to play. It it could be interesting. It could be utter crap. Uh, I'm I'm gonna kind of hold. I will certainly give it a try. I'm I don't think it's gonna be an absolute must buy just right out of the gate. But we'll see how it, we'll see what happens. I feel like this is definitely. I know the release date is uh, to be determined, but I feel like this is probably going to come out sooner rather than later, just because it is coming out on the older consoles, and I feel like after the holiday season, nobody's really going to want to release anything on the last gen, so I'm very curious to know if we get some more information about this um, within the coming months. Uh, well, I mean, to be to also remember that uh, Xbox, uh, they said like from Series X launch date, every single Microsoft game that comes out is going to be both on Xbox One and on Series X for two years. And uh, PlayStation also said that a lot of games will be able to be uh, upgraded to the PlayStation 5 after you buy it for the PS4. That will be very interesting, which is a great segue (laughs) into talking about the consoles they're sold. So, (laughs) let's talk about hardware, software, whatever the hell uh, each company plans on doing. For example, like keeping the games on the previous gem for two years which i definitely do find interesting because i feel like people are keeping their past gen consoles nowadays rather than turning them in um so yeah any comments all that stuff uh all i gotta say is i'm looking real close at my entertainment center i don't see room for a big old ps5 with the wings (laughs) i was about to say both these things look ugly as hell i I don't know what they're thinking about with the ps5 and the xbox looks like a fridge I love the fridge, though. I want to put some beers in it. I, I kind of like, I, I don't know, like, at first I was like, eh, but like the monolith sort of thing has sort of grown on me. Also, when I found out that it's very small, I like the idea of having a tiny little cube that is the Xbox. Um, it's actually only a foot tall, and it's six inches across. So it's it's a lot smaller than it, 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 they're making it out to be. Well, yeah, so basically, uh, a, du- a double stack GameCube. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, two, it's not even two GameCubes. Yeah, because I saw uh, a video where they opened the Series X, and it's like they they wasted no room in this thing. Everything was just perfectly packed in there. Yeah. I mean, like Microsoft, I'm guessing, has some experience, you know, with computers and such. Yeah. So um, You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, like, if we're just talking, like, purely design-wise, I know that there's, like, seems to be sort of a rift between people of, like, loving or hating the PS5, just, like, obje- like you know, abjectly. Like, you have to, like, join one of these warring tribes. This war has been going on for eons. Like, how have you been decided yet? Yeah. My grandparents told me about it, and I will tell my grandchildren. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know, like, obviously, the okay i will say that i know some people are like oh it doesn't matter what it looks like it plays the games okay it does because it needs to it needs to find a place in your living room you know is the thing and unfortunately like the ps5 is like coming at us from the year 2036 and like we're i'm gonna have to like upgrade the rest of my house to match it 
I thought they just watched an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh and saw Kaiba's outfit. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, that's yeah, the best we one. Need to that's make the best one. Console. <laughs> Easy. I feel so attacked personally because <laughs> I, I love the PlayStation so much, and like, yes, there's a slim version without the disc tray, and then there's a slim thick version with the disc tray. But like, yeah, I love okay. it regardless. We we do need to talk though for a second about how big the PS5 is because it's really big. Like, oh, it's a big boy. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen like the size on it, but like, if you put like a PS4 like standing up, it's like another like seven or eight inches taller than that, and it's like twice as thick. <laughs> it it's insanely big. Um, and I'm it, I don't know. It sounds like it. I I just like I don't know where it's gonna go, and also the fact that the the um. The disk drive version uh, doesn't lay horizontally like flat. It does. Uh, it, no, but it doesn't have like a, a surface on top that you can stack stuff on. Is the problem? Oh yeah, yeah. They uh, just recently put out images of the um, disk version laying on its side. Yeah, you're you're right. You can lay it on its side. My problem is that my Switch is sitting on top of my PS4 Same. right now, <laughs> and there's nowhere else for it to live. Same. <laughs> God damn, this is too relatable. Yeah, too many people. I, I think too many people have that setup. But uh, yeah, but... I, you know, I, for me, I'm, I've never been, so, you know, the kind of person who does, you know, the the big multi shelf entertainment system that you know is lovingly crafted from rare woods and you know mahogany. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, you know, it. So for me, finding space is not necessarily going to be a, a killer problem. It's going to be maybe a teeny bit of a problem. Uh, honestly, my my bigger concern is the logistical side of things, being able to afford the damn. Thing. Yeah, I'm I'm worried. I'm looking at that thing, and I'm seeing I'm seeing a big six hundred written on the side of it, and it's scary. Yeah. Um. Well, supposedly prices did. Leak. The, the leak thing from like it was like Amazon France or something. Yeah, from Amazon France. I think that yeah, yeah huh? digital edition is four hundred euros and the disc version is uh five. It, France uses euros, right? Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. They, they, I, was right, I was the right francs. one. <laughs> no, they're still right. they're still they went back to francs. <laughs> but um, yeah, and the one with the disc drive is four hundred and ninety nine euros. So if you do the calculations, that's going to be about. 600 over here for the disc version and 500 for the digital. Yeah. Um, assuming that assuming that Amazon France actually has good information. Yeah, right. assuming, assuming that that leak was real. Yeah. yeah. And I, I pretty much assume anything that is not coming directly out of the manufacturer itself is BS until you know they actually right. put something out. I figured about five 600, though. Yeah, that was, that was my first guess, that. honestly. Yeah, too. for a while. Like, um, I don't know. Are, okay, well, this is a good question for all you guys. Uh, are you are you going for the the disc drive one or the digital one? Disc drive, disc drive, disc drive yeah. boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a bunch of 4K Blu-rays I bought for the digital uh-huh. edition, so this thing could play 4K Blu-rays. So <laughs> yeah, that was actually my that was my reasoning too. Is like I have like a lot of Blu-ray movies, and like if I get 4K Blu-rays, then like that's how I will play them. So, like, yeah. I think my thing is is the reason why I'm going to get the disc version is because one, my Wi-Fi isn't always the greatest. But then two, what happens if I want a collector's edition and they only have the disc version available disc version. 
in the collector's. Like, I'm not going to buy the game twice. It's becoming increasingly unlikely. <laughs> like, almost all these collector's editions come with a code now. Yeah, I'm assuming the digital edition will be all the collector's editions. But if I want that steel bookcase, I want the cool disc, too. I do, too. <laughs> yeah. They're, I know they're trying to phase out discs, and, like, I, I, like, on one hand, I sort of get it, and, like, on the other, like... For me personally, like, I like the disc because of the resale value. Like, Mm -hmm. for instance, like, I have The Last of Us 2 here. I'm halfway through it. Um, Hopefully I'll be done this weekend. And then I will go and sell it to somebody because I'm not going to play it again. And then that that cuts, like, the price in half for playing the game. That is true. The the reason I'm I'm big on discs is that I just, I hate like hell the idea that for any reason, Somebody can say, screw you, your account is lost, and all this money that you've spent is now really just wasted. It's gone. It's evaporating. Mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> with a disc version, at the very least, I still have the base version of the game. I can always rebuy DLC. It'll be annoying as piss, but I can do it. With a discless version, it's entirely... Up to you know either publisher fiat or console manufacturer fiat, and if something gets screwed up, you are absolutely screwed. And then this is why I really every time Eve Goulemont opens his mouth, I just want to slap him. Oh no, I like Eve. Um, and you know Axel's talking about that. I'm just gonna say I know somebody who had their Steam account uh, broken into. And for a month, they could not play any of their Steam games. So that kind of, like, is partially scaring me into staying physical. Because it's like, if they can do that on my digital version of my PlayStation, I mean, it's like, why the hell did I just spend $600 on this thing, and now I can't even use it? And Sony's been hacked before, and from what I've heard, they're not the greatest when you try to recover your shit. So that's just not not a risk I want to take. Like, if it comes to... saving a hundred bucks honestly this is gonna sound like the most like i don't know first world problem but i'll just spend the extra hundred bucks i don't care i yeah i have mounds i have mounds of cash i'm sitting on right now instead of a chair i could i could (laughs) put this on the playstation without a second thought he's like i get a knife cut open my mattress and you know and just reach in there and pull out a few hundreds like yeah, I, I there, still... there's bums on beer, and I can I can get, I can harvest kidneys from. I'm sure. Probably. Yeah, I got two good kidneys. I got two kidneys good at half of a liver. But it's like I, I still <laughs> want the disc tray there as a just in case. Like, am I still yeah. going to yeah, download sure. some games digitally? Yeah, of course. But having that disc tray there, I, like, I feel like just reassures me. Like, hey, I I can still play <laughs> yeah. this game, you know, no matter what happens. So. And again, you, you don't Persona need a DVD 5... player. DVD players are a thing of the past. Who needs those anymore? Yeah, and that Persona 5 steelbook case, that was really nice. Yeah. Um, I uh, I don't know if this is too much of a not not a good segue, but I was uh, interested in like uh, anyone's thoughts on like the uh, Xbox sort of like uncommitting to their to their consoles and like sort of committing to being like a service company like for the oh, next gen. Because like... Uh, I, I gotta say, like, just personally, I have a I have a gaming PC that like I, I built, and it's like I got a new card recently. I have like a 2060 Super, so it's pretty powerful. And everything that Microsoft puts out on Xbox is going to be on PC forever. They've you know guaranteed that. 
uh, day one, same thing. So they basically, like me and anyone else who owns a gaming PC, has zero, zero incentive to ever buy an Xbox again. And they don't care. I just find that very interesting. They've like, by design, they just like don't care if you buy their consoles. I guess my only question is, Microsoft who? <laughs> Phil Spencer. Oh, <laughs> uh, the guy that always wears blazers with his t-shirts. Classy. I love it. Classy. It's, cl- it's classy, but it also lets me know he's still a gamer. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, like, I have never been into Microsoft. I've always leaned more towards PlayStation just because they have a more solid lineup of single-player story-driven games, and <laughs> yeah. that's what I've always been attracted to. So, I mean, for me, I honestly could care less. I feel like at this point, if they are doing more of a service, I feel like they're only really putting out consoles still for people who enjoy their controller for who enjoy playing on the console still rather than playing on C. Um, so that could honestly be the only reason why they're still doing it rather than just yeah cutting it completely. Um, yeah, because there's also recently... the... oh, go ahead. There's also the you know the the demographic of I want to play this really cool game, but I don't have the technical know-how to build my own gaming PC. So mm-hmm. I'll just use you know I'll just do this console and you know not have to worry about any of that. Yeah, I'll buy a uh, console at third the price and not have to worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a, a third the price without well, me having to worry about shocking myself or destroying components, putting things yeah. together. Just to qualify, I'd say like maybe half the price at best. But yeah, like <laughs> the like if you if you've built if you've built your PC and it costs you more than a thousand dollars, you don't need that. <laughs> Whatever you put in there. Darn, <laughs> I overspent. Um, no, but re- regardless, though, like, I-, I totally get that there are people that just, like, don't want to deal with it. Like, they they just want to, like, go and buy a game and pop it in, and then they play, play the game, you know, and that's that's totally legit. That's fair. Uh, we I think we, in the game journalism and the game industry, I guess, all together, like, constantly forget that, like, 95% of people just don't care about any of the things we're, we're doing or saying or, or writing about, you know? People stopped listening, like, 30 seconds ago. Basically. Sorry, what? I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> I said people stopped listening about three seconds ago. Oh, I was doing a joke, but I guess it didn't go well. Um, okay. Um, no, but I, I don't know. Like that's that's totally valid if you want to consume products that way. Like if I go yeah. out and buy shoes, I'm not I'm not sitting there and like reading about the different kinds of shoes for hours and hours in reviews before I go buy them. But there are people who are, you know. And like all I do is I go in there and I'm like, this one's good, and I leave as quickly as I can because I got the thing I'm looking for. Yeah, you know, with shoes, does it feel comfortable? Does yes. it keep, you know, does yeah, it keep me it. from getting wet, muddy, and animals gnawing on my toes? Good. Yeah, cool. Good. And I'll for 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 a lot of people, and for most people by a lot, is like they walk into GameStop and they say, "I have a PlayStation. I want a game." And they look around and they see this is a game, and they take it and they go home. And that is the end of the transaction. You know. Uh, I I worked at GameStop, so I, I'm. Yeah. I may I may well, have to Yeah. Well, I'm, I I well, my, my my real story was that like a lot of people like typically typical consumers will like walk in there and like not know what they came for, you know? Like that they that's di- true. They didn't come here for a specific game, which I can't say I've ever done, but yeah, there my experience working at GameStop about half the people came in, they were wandering around, they didn't have the first idea what they were looking for and 
it was those customers that inevitably would come up to me and say, I, you know, what can, you know, what's new and interesting? What, what can you recommend? And those, you know, those were the kind of customer interactions that I love. Yeah. Because, you know, I could, I could take somebody over, you know, I'd, I'd ask them, okay, well, let's start. You know, what do you have? You know, do you have an Xbox? Do you have a PS4? It's like, oh yeah, I've got a PS4. Okay. You know, what have you been playing recently? And I, you know, I'd build up from that and say, you know, try to get an idea of what they played previously, what they enjoyed, what they didn't enjoy. And then kind of point out some stuff that they may have played previously or may not have played previously. And sometimes it was, you know, it was not terribly successful. You know, it's like, oh crap, this guy has played everything in the, in the back catalog. <laughs> Uh, he he screwed until <laughs> until Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> but there were you know. But at the same time, there were people who had played some games, but they had no idea about all these other games from the same developer from right. in, the, in the same genre. And it was great just to talk to them and tell them, "Yeah, try this," and they went away happy. It's like, okay, this was so cool, and. I, I very rarely saw those customers ever come back saying, God, that game sucked. You know, it was never a case of, you know, they play, they pay for the game and then two days later they come sucks. I will, however, say that, you know, there were a lot of pre-owned copies of Fallout 76 sitting in yeah. the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess one point that I, I do want to make that I feel like one of the reasons why consoles... Um, a lot of people use them as their entertainment hub. Like, it's all in one. You get Netflix, you get, you know, a dish tray to play your movies on. Um, it's everything for a lot of people. Like, I don't have cable in my bedroom, so I use my PlayStation to watch Netflix. I, even though I have a smart TV. I have a smart TV that has Netflix in it. I still use my PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, for sure. Like, I... I until the last of us came out like last week, I literally don't think I used my PlayStation for an actual game for like the last six months. Like I, I it's just an entertainment center, quite frankly, between games. And like that's fine. It's great. I get a lot of value out of it, you know, doing using it that way. Yeah. But at the same time I you know, I use it as an entertainment center too. I you know I, I stream I've got a Hulu subscription tied up with my phone. I've got a, a Funimation subscription. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm certainly not above streaming stuff, but at the same time, I like the choice of ha- of being able to play games on it. And if you think back to the Xbox One when it first came, when it was first announced, and the uh, the fallout from uh, Adam Orth, <laughs> the, the, you know, the deal with it hashtag that torpedoed a career. We like the idea of having a game console that can do, you know, that can act as an entertainment center, but we don't want it to we don't want to have that choice taken away from us we won't you know give us the hardware give us the software and let us do with it what we will this don't is why try to tell us, this, this is why google stadia failed because they didn't have netflix probably <laughs> <laughs> but but what about youtube tv isn't that the same is that still <laughs> happening <laughs> Apparently, yes, yes, I get that's... commercials for it all the time. Yeah, I get commercials for it too. Uh, yeah. the, day, the day after this podcast releases, uh, Stadia is introducing Netflix. Are you for real? <laughs> no. He just okay. Said, okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think we got away from the original point, which was like it. It seems strange. Like it, Xbox doesn't seem very concerned with if they they win this console generation or not coming up. They don't seem to care very much. Yeah, especially the whole for the next two years. If it's on the Series X, it's on the um, it's on the yeah. Board. Like that just to me that just didn't make sense um, business wise. But I feel like they're like, they're understanding their audience that not everyone can sit there and splurge on a new console so hey let's allow them to still play in hopes that they'll eventually upgrade once that two is over but you know there's also you know satya nadella's plan of everything as a microsoft service Uh, yeah everything must be everything must become a service everything must be virtualized nobody should have any hardware I, Robin, I have Robin, to say Microsoft. though, like for for myself, I like as a primarily PC player, I've had Game Pass for PC for over a year now, and I've I've loved it. I've never once been dissatisfied with the service. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely happy keeping that subscription for the next several years. That's uh, why I didn't buy an Xbox last year. Yeah, exactly. Like I have I have this Game Pass thing for, and Xbox is getting my money, sure, but like I'm paying five dollars a month for like a hundred something games and like at least half of them are like good which is crazy for like a subscription service um so i don't know it's all honestly all of this kind of strikes me as like how is xbox making any money everything they're doing seems too consumer friendly almost you know yeah there's something definitely hidden underneath all the layers Phil, phil spencer's dark shadow self is waiting just around the corner at the next conference he's going to pull off his his blazer and turn it inside out and it's going to be like uh just like red a leather, he's or a leather gonna... leather motorcycle michael's a le- yeah yeah i can talk leather motorcycle <laughs> jacket with <laughs> with a devil on the yes back. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's sure. gonna ride off into the sunset oh do you think that Screaming. was him in tokyo ghostwire maybe possibly oh yeah that could have been oh him. gosh no i'm definitely not playing it yeah uh i don't know i think the main thing though is that like we also have to remember that like pc like really just isn't isn't a competitor for for consoles honestly like it's it's weird because but if you look at the numbers like nintendo exists in its own market pc exists in its own market and then like xbox and ps4 are the the ones who are competing right like nobody like walks into the store and is like which console am i going to get the the switch or this xbox series x like that that's not really the discussion you know so I, I do think that maybe Microsoft has a lot of market research people that know more than we do, I guess. But I, I, ha- I don't know. But maybe it's at that point to where it's not necessarily a console war anymore. Because they've, I feel like they've definitely uh, each gone their own separate direction. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see... Like this, if you asked me when the PS4 came out, what I'd expect of the next generation, the PS5, this is not what I would have told you, by far. So I'm very curious to see if there is a generation after, where are they going to go? Because is there anywhere to go after? Uh, I know, oh, yeah. I have an idea. Sony could make one game that's not a third-person action-adventure game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... That could be kind of a cool, fun direction to try. I don't know. You're right, but... Time for a trip to Japan. When I was watching that like PS5 reveal, I was like, not like every single one of those games is a is a third person action adventure game. <laughs> Good job, guys. But we uh, like anyway. those here, so. I was about you to know, say, like, I like, no, I like those too, but like so. they're selling. You're right, they're selling. Like 
I think Spider Man's their best seller, right? Ever? Uh, Last of Us Two. Yeah. Oh no, Last yeah. of Us Two is the fastest seller. I think. I think Spider Man is the most <laughs> overall sales. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure if if the Last of Us Two in one week outsold Spider Man in forever, <laughs> I will be very very surprised. Um, I just know a lot of people bought it. Yeah, no, a lot of people did buy it. I don't know. It may, I think it's. I think it ended selling more than Spider Man eventually, but yeah, eventually. So. Yeah, and people people like the. I don't know. I, th- I think that's the big. I don't know. Like most games are. <laughs> I, I think most AAA games are third person action adventure games now. You know, because that's what sells. According to Wikipedia, Spider Man is number three. Number three. I I don't know how outdated this is, but it's number. Th- Grand Theft Auto the Five down. is that's number not one. A- that's not a PlayStation game. That's like <laughs> okay. Of course, Grand Theft Auto Five, first of all, has sold more copies than like God could have ever dreamed of. More copies than everyone on this planet. Uh, Uncharted Four is number two. <laughs> okay, all right, interesting. That makes sense. So, uh, still Naughty Dog though. And well, if you take out all the ones that appear on multiple consoles, um, Uncharted, Spider Man, God of War. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize how I didn't realize how well God of War did. I'm looking at this right now. Uh, Last of... Oh, never mind. Never mind. I was reading the wrong thing. And I think mm-hmm. the only reason why The Last of Us Remastered is after God of War is because they gave out free copies for PlayStation. Oh, did they count yeah. those as sales? I don't know probably. if they did, probably. but I'm assuming probably. they probably did because I got a code when I got my PlayStation. Nice. But uh, um, I'm going to segue into wrapping it up just because this podcast hasn't been going on for like... An hour and a half. Almost two hours. Oh my god. Uh, we got a lot to talk <laughs> well, about, it, but there's uh, always next time. So uh, let's do some final thoughts here. Just on things? Uh, on anything we talked about. On anything that's not related. Just some quick final thoughts. Uh, I guess I didn't like talk about this when we should have. But like, I think the the PS5 event, like for the most part... like. The games didn't like feel like this is the next generation of games to me, and maybe they'll feel different when I'm playing them. Uh, I think Ratchet and Clank is honestly the only one that struck me as like this is not possible on a PS4. Um, but like, r- regardless, I'm I'm really excited to see like, especially honestly, I'm really excited from that uh, Unreal Engine Five demo, kind of showing what you can do now. And so yeah, I'm I'm really excited for for people to innovate and game development itself to become super, super accessible in the coming years. The more people that are out there creating things, the better for us. Um, and I'm uh, super excited for Deathloop. Yeah, it's called that uh, Nexus, but I have some waifu fodder. <laughs> That's honestly all Mike wants. <laughs> a-, a Scarlet Nexus body pillow? Huh. Oh, no. Don't, Don't get him started. No. no, 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 no. Axel, Axel, go. What are your final thoughts, Axel? You're just hurting his feelings. We're done. No, Mike, you're I'll, done. I'll, Mike, get you're that, done. I'll get that mess imported. <laughs> I'll get that mess imported. We're done. No, Mike, you're done. You're cut off. Axel, you're next. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff coming out. I'm. I don't think I've ever experienced a a meh kind of. E3 area or period and it's always going to be more interesting when a new console generation comes out uh, I am absolutely looking forward to seeing not just the stuff that got announced but I'm looking forward to seeing the stuff that is still waiting in the wings that's still going to be considered that that launch title. I really expect we're going to be seeing some announcements coming out of uh, Tokyo Game Show here in September. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, we also have the Xbox event next month. Yeah. And I know they're trying to reschedule uh, the PAX events. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Warner Brothers is doing their press conference in August, too. Yes. Get yeah. some stuff and coming. Game- and Gamescom also yeah. doing oh, the yeah, yeah. online thing. So this is not the you know, this is not the end all be all of everything that's coming out. I expect more good stuff coming out through the summer and throughout the fall. So when the time you know, by the time the Xbox Series X and the PS five come out, there's gonna be a lot of stuff to be excited about and I'm really looking forward to seeing what all of that is gonna be. It's going to absolutely murder my budget, but it's going to be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Especially since Sony said they're going to have like 50 exclusive games the first year or something like that. Yeah. Well, 50, 50 con- console exclusives. And I also do want to note that literally every game they showed that wasn't published by Sony at their event is also coming out on PC. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting yeah. that they... It's, it's really paying just for console exclusivity rather than, you know, actual exclusivity. But, I don't know. And I mean, that the guy that's like, well, I don't have a PC, you know. Yeah, I think that's the thing, though, is like we were saying earlier, I don't think Sony looks at PC and considers that a real competitor. Yeah. yeah and yet, I keep buying them, huh? I know, right? <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Eat it? <laughs> that one's being discussed. Yeah, there, we don't know yet. I, I mean, I, I'm excited to I for uh just for like in the next generation of games I don't know like personally console wise I was I'm I'm much more of a of a Nintendo person I was way more excited for the Switch than I am for the PS5 like on an ungodly difference there but Same like the no like it it's cool and I'm I think that I think Sony's doing a good job pushing trying to push the push games into like kind of the next generation and I would love to see Microsoft like come out with something that that like shows they're doing it too at their like next event. 